Today I'm talking with Amy Haas from the Australian Research Centre of Urban Ecology, which is based at the Royal Botanic Gardens, Victoria, who together with Carl Evans from the University of Sheffield introduced a special feature in functional ecology on urban ecology. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. So first I would like to start by asking you to set the scene for us about how extensive urban expansion is and how, how much is changing our, our um, global environment. Um, well, in 2008, for the first time, over half the world's um, human population began living in urban areas, and um, over a 30-year period up to 2030, uh, the extent of urban development is predicted to expand by 200%. So at the moment, we're living in an increasingly urban age. Um, and a lot of that development is occurring in quite productive um, environments. Um, so uh, there are challenges in terms of how do we manage that growth with relation to food production, um, but also biodiversity that naturally occurs in those areas. So what I find really interesting about the thesis in, in your editorial is that you're really suggesting that we should embrace this change in urban ecosystems to be able to ask fundamental questions about ecology. Um, do you think that this sort of approach in the past has been limited because maybe people have, have thought that urbanisation is somehow different to other s forms of natural environmental change or some somehow urbanisation is in an unnatural process? Um, yes, uh, I think that's true, and I think it's um, probably predominantly driven because of the presence of people. So uh, in the past, ecology has tended to focus on areas where people weren't a dominant component of the system, but in order to really understand what's happening in our urban landscapes, um, people are actually a critical component. And I guess the, sig the signature of human action is uh, becoming increasingly recognised in areas that we've traditionally thought of as pristine yeah. <laughs> or untouched by humans. So yeah. um, I guess urban environments represent an opportunity for um, really understanding what, what the impact of humans is on on the environment. So um, if I could ask about, like, how, how do you guys think we can use urban ecosystems to um, ask fundamental questions in ecology? I, I suppose that's the, the most um, interesting idea I got from your, your editorial, was that we, we can really embrace this and, and, and not only expand our knowledge about how we as, as a species interact with the environment, but understand broadly all in um, ecological processes. Yeah. Um, so I guess when you think about a city, um, most people come, tend to come to the conclusion that they're all built up of the same components. They've got buildings, they've got roads, they've got people, um, etc. cetera. Um, but uh, in going to different cities, you also see the differences between them. Some are... Um, 
have quite high dense development, whereas others are built in a more sprawling manner. Mm-hmm. They have different levels of people. They're designed in different ways. Sometimes um, water and uh, green spaces, vegetation is sort of actively being incorporated. In other cases, it's not. So um, what we've actually done is set up this um, huge sort of natural experiment (laughs) in terms of different different ways of um, shaping our environment. And uh, that's a real opportunity to understand or to start looking at how do um, organisms other than humans actually respond to those different components of an ecosystem. Um, uh, so how, how can we um, better understand the things that are uh, structuring what biodiversity we see in, in our urban areas and, uh, and which species are most at risk of um, becoming locally absent? Yeah, that's, it's really interesting that is that, I mean, as an ecologist myself, I know how ridiculously expensive it is to set up big experiments, big field experiments. But I suppose, you know, the urbanization has provided us that provided a mechanism for us to to put together these enormous experiments with lots of different variables changing across the globe. And it, mm-hmm. to me it makes perfect sense that we can take advantage of that as as ecologists. So mm-hmm. how how possible is it to take advantage of that when there are so many different variables? Is it possible to create a a broader brushstroke understanding of how urban changes affect um, ecological function? Yeah, uh, I guess um, there's kind of two components of that. So uh, on the one hand, I think in terms of urban ecology, we've got very good at being able to characterise levels of urban and and, um, different, um, I guess, characteristics of them. Mm -hmm. And and in the past, uh, urban ecology has tried to disentangle the multiple uh, drivers um, that are affecting organisms. but increasingly, we're recognising that they're all interacting. So the, the I guess the trick is finding locations where some drivers are more, more active, mm-hmm. <laughs> or more prevalent uh, than others, um, and coming up with um, multiple sites where you're able to actually test the relative influence of different drivers. Um, yeah. Uh, but I guess um, one of the one of the things we need to do at the same time is um, recognizing that um, what's happening in a city near the equator may be quite different than what's happening at a city in a quite a, a much higher latitude. Um, of course, yep. So uh, in that respect, um, that's where this the functional ecology approach can really help us because mm-hmm. I think if we st- um, we're beginning to start um, focusing using phylogenetic approaches or functional trait approaches to try and come up with um, these confirmed generalizations about how organisms respond yep. to an environment. But I think where we really need to get to 
is actually those um, like physiological responses or what are the adaptations that organisms might um, uh, have um, benefited from to increase their fitness in, in these landscapes. Yeah, yes, um, of course. And I guess one of the examples in the special feature is um, the idea, idea of thermal tolerance as a, as a filter. So mm-hmm. um, I think if that level of general, generalisation, we can actually, if it's tested across a broad enough range of cities, we can actually use it to predict what's going to happen in, in cities where we don't have actual on-ground information. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I was really yeah. intrigued by that that paper in the special feature, um, and it was from uh, Chown and Duffy, and they were looking at thermal yes. physiology and, uh, and urbanisation. I remember going to Sao Paulo, which is one of the world's largest cities, and looking at thermal adaptation in a species of ant inside and outside the city. And mm-hmm. we, we found some sort of evidence. We didn't know if it was genetic adaptation or phenotypic, but it seemed like there, there was some sort of evidence that the, that the ants were modifying their physiology um, mm-hmm. across this gradient. And Sao Paulo, massive city, you know, a 10-degree difference between inside and outside the city overnight. So mm. I think, yeah, that, that's being underutilised at the moment as a possible mechanism to study, um, you know, possible impacts or adaptations of organisms to global climate change. So do you think this is going to be utilised more often in the future as a way of testing hypotheses about, uh, about animal adaptation to organism or adaptation to environmental change? Um, I think it will. I think this is a real area that's emerging and uh, the special feature is actually quite timely (laughs) in relation to it. Um, So, yeah, in another paper in the special feature, uh, uh, Harrison and Winfrey talk about um, the impacts on plant-pollinator interactions of the urban heat island and how that that can also inform... um, our understanding of um, altered dynamics under climate change. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think um, I was at a meeting, international meeting recently, and there was a lot of interest in this ecological evolutionary um, changes and also adaptation in the ecological sense um, related to urban landscapes and, um, and I think this is a, an area where there's a lot of scope for research um, and uh, it hasn't actually been um, – we haven't actually seen much to date, but yeah, I think okay. it's really going to be rising in the future. So <laughs> yeah, I'm looking and, forward and, to <laughs> – Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so there was another one that you, you mentioned in your paper, which is – adaptation to environmental pollutants which Mm. of course is happening for all sorts of reasons in our urban environments but certainly linking in understanding how environmental pollutants in our big cities can affect us Mm -hmm. um, can be done by studying some of the organisms in our in our cities and how they're adapting or how it's affecting their function Um, do you think this is going to be a really important mechanism as well in the future Yes, I do. Um, I think uh, 
there's a lot that we can learn from looking at what organis what animals uh, and and plants are doing in response to these pollutants. But I think um, this this didn't really come up in the special in feature. But I think there's so much human health research out there um, that there's actually an opportunity to use us as guinea pigs in a sense yes. <laughs> for starting to identify some useful areas for future ecological research um, on other organisms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I really like that in the beginning of your article, you went back to the one of the first papers, or was it the first paper in, in functional ecology, where it yes. was really defining it, the three interactive processes, one, those occurring between organisms in their environment, the biotic interactions between organisms and ad the adaptive processes driven by natural selection. And I think you guys have really hit the nail on the head that urban ecology can help us to understand each of those three processes um, in a better way, but also by taking that functional approach can really enhance our understanding of how we're affecting ecological processes. So which which one of those do you think reflects your research? Where do you fit into the, into this broader scheme or or are you looking at it from all three angles there? Um, yeah, I guess personally I'm really interested in all three angles. So um, I think um, probably where I've done the most research to date is that first one, mm -hmm. so looking at the interactions between organisms and their environment. But um, I've just recently written a review paper on ad adaptation and adaptedness of organisms to yeah. urban environments, and so and that's an area I'm really interested in. Um, developing further. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Right, yeah. Well, thank you, Amy, for chatting with me this morning. It's really, really nice to be able to talk to someone in my own time zone for once. <laughs> it helps a lot. Um, and um, uh, thank you for your work on on this editorial and introducing the special feature. And um, um, good luck with the rest of your your research over the next few years. Wonderful. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks for talking to me and um, the wonderful feedback on it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Amy.